Welcome back to the Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McCrary. I'm here with my dad once again. Uh, today, we got a lot to talk about. Sports are finally back. It's a great week for America. Uh, the NBA started playing today. They started playing scrimmages, uh, but they were televised, so the NBA is back. Uh, and then MLB opening day is on Friday, uh, so that'll be fun. And then uh, to end off the podcast, I want to rank my top 10 shooting guards in the 2020 NBA draft. Uh, I ranked my top 10 point guards a while back. Now I'm doing shooting guards, so that'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, let's get started talking about baseball because it's finally back. It's happening. It's just only a 60-game season, but it's happening, so that's good. Yeah, uh, actually, opening day for the majority of uh, Major League Baseball this Friday. Uh, there actually is a, a game tomorrow night, Thursday night. The Yankees and the Nationals are going to open it up. Uh, I think they're the only show in town tomorrow night. Oh, I didn't know it was tomorrow night. Yep, yep. So that that kind of doing what the NFL does with that, you know, game open the season with uh, the the champion from the year before. So the Nationals, the reigning champs, will be playing the Yankees. That'll be a good one tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. And then everybody else will get getting started on Friday, including our Braves. And um, so I'm looking forward to it. I've been watching a lot of Braves uh, scrimmages here the last uh, week or so, and then they've had a couple of. Uh, exhibition practice games with the Marlins the last couple of days, so uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see. Yeah, we got a good team this year. It's a good year to be a Braves fan. I think so. It's gonna be interesting uh, for all the teams out there. Um, you know, it's not gonna be a marathon. It's gonna be a, a sprint, a sixty-game season. It's basically two months. Uh, you could have um, a situation where a surprise team can jump up there and. Start off hot, stay hot, for and and maybe surprise everyone. But I think the Braves are uh, are well equipped with their roster um, to uh, to deal with this. Uh, they they signed Matt Adams uh, as a free agent just a couple of days ago. He'll he'll be their designated hitter with a designated hitter uh, being used by the National League for this short season. And uh, and their pitching is young. I think you might see. Uh, you know, the trading deadline is about 30 days into the short season. You might see the Braves try to get a starting pitcher, maybe a veteran presence uh, with that rotation. But they're deep in pitching. Uh, they're they're going to be able to uh, bring some guys in that, that, you know, they haven't had enough time to really stretch out these starters. So you're going to see the first couple of weeks, two or three weeks of the season, the first couple of rounds in the rotation. The starting pitchers are not going to be able to go but maybe four or five innings. Right. So the Braves have a deep bullpen, and they have uh, some guys that can come in and pitch two or three innings behind the uh, starters. Uh, so I think they're well-equipped from a pitching standpoint to deal with this uh, situation. Yeah. I know. It, I think ESPN ranked them today. They ranked every team in baseball. I think they had the Braves at eight or nine. Mm-hmm. It seems a little crazy. Like I don't know if they were thinking Freddie was not playing or right. what. Because they did little write-ups for each team, um, and they didn't mention Freddie. All they mentioned was Acuna, Albies, and the young guys. They didn't mention Freddie, mm-hmm. so maybe they think they were thinking he wasn't playing. But like, I'm, I'm assuming the writer knew, knows or mm-hmm. is well informed and knows that Freddie is playing. Mm-hmm. So that seems a little bit crazy that we're eight or nine. Um, I think we should be higher than that because we have a really good team. Like our lineup is really good. Like with Acuna, Acuna. Um, if he continues to improve like he's been doing, he could be an MVP this season. Um, 
he should be an MVP candidate. Freddie Freeman is one of the one. It's probably the best first baseman mm-hmm. in baseball. He is a beast. He's a great hitter, a great first baseman. Um, then we got Aussie. We got Swanson. We got a great outfield. Mm-hmm. Um, is are any of the young guys like Christian Pache or Drew Waters? Are they playing? Well, uh, they Pache uh, about a week ago uh, uh, slid into second base trying to steal a base and and uh, kind of slid late and uh, and and jammed his ankle into the base. Uh, he's going to be out uh, probably a couple more weeks, so that's kind of put him back a little bit. I think Pache was going to be probably not going to be on the uh, the the 30-man roster to begin the season anyway, but yeah. I think they were maybe going to count on Pache to provide some depth in case they needed to replace a player right. for injury or the COVID virus. Um, you know, so I think Pache will see some time in Atlanta. Waters may be a little bit behind uh, Pache in, in that sense. He may not be looked upon until – next year to maybe crack the lineup. Uh, but those two guys are, are great talents uh, waiting in the wings. Uh, they got a couple of starting pitchers, uh, Ian Anderson and uh, and Tucker Davidson, who are, you know, uh, knocking on the door uh, to uh, as far as starting pitchers go. Uh, the pitching staff that they have now is fairly young. That lineup is fairly young. Uh, you know, Freddie's kind of a veteran. They signed Marcelo Zuna. Uh, to kind of take Donaldson's spot in the lineup from, from last year, uh, they're they're solid. They got a solid team, and uh, I think they sh- they probably should be favored in the National League East. Um, it's, so um, they should be the favorites. But in a sixty game season, a short season like this, right. uh, it, you know the, the the maybe the best team on paper may not be the team that that can win the thing. It's you're going to have a, a short leash by managers for starting pitchers, uh, for, for guys that might go into slumps in the lineup. Uh, it's such a short season. You can't afford to go through a dry spell um, at all. And so I think I think the manager is going to be, uh, you know, running the games a little differently with a short season than they would on a 162-game right. season. It's going to be different. And it, it'll be interesting. I think it's going to be kind of fun to watch. Because there's going to be a sense of urgency from day one, from the first game on, because there's just not much margin for error in such a short season. Yeah, um, you know I think we do need to talk about the the new deal that Mookie Betts signed with the Dodgers. Because mm. he signed wow. he signed that today, thirteen years, three hundred and eighty million dollars, wow. just just south of uh, thirty million dollars per year. But that's a long contract. Yes, it is. So, so well, much, but it's worth it because Mookie yeah. is like a top five player in baseball. So, like, so much for the owner saying that they they were going to go broke, huh? Yeah. Like. <laughs> so, well, he's a great young player. Um, you know, he's he's an American. He started out in the American League with the Red Sox. So, obviously, we haven't seen him play in in the National League. But I think he's a type of uh, talent that it doesn't matter what league he's in. You put him out there, and he's gonna he's right. gonna produce. So, yeah. You know, I think that's a it's a great investment for the Dodgers. I don't, I don't think it's anything that they can uh, live or regret as far as that goes. So yeah, uh, who do you think's the favorite to win the win the World Series? I know it's kind of hard to predict. It is like with like with the possibility of someone going into a slump, right? Um, people contracting COVID possibly. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and with the shorter season, there's a lot of thing, a lot of unknowns. But just like when you're looking at the teams on paper, who who would you yeah. pick? Well, to I th- win I, the World Series. Yeah, I think on paper in the National League, I mean, the Dodgers have to be uh, the the on paper favorite. Uh, they're they're just loaded all the yeah. way around. They're they're stacked. Their lineup. They're pitching. Uh, their bullpen, they they are just – and they've been knocking on the door for the last couple of years. I right, mean, The Dodgers yeah. have been knocking on the door and just falling short of the World Series. Uh, you know, they may just – you know, they may feel like it's their time. I mean, I, I'm I'm a, I'm partial to being a Braves fan. Uh, right. I think the Braves are going to uh, be a contender for sure. I think they're the favorite to win the, the National League East. Um, you know – a couple other teams uh, to watch out for. Uh, you know, you may you may see the uh, uh, surprise team. Maybe the Cincinnati Reds have made a, a bunch of huge additions to that team. Uh, they may be a surprise coming out of that Central Division. The Brewers are, are, are a solid team. You know, you don't know what you got with the Phillies. The Phillies looked great on paper last year, and, and it just didn't happen for them. They got a new manager. This got Joe Girardi at the helm, and. He may get more out of them than Gabe Kapler did, and the, of course you got the reigning champs, the Washington Nationals. Uh, in the American League, you know the Yankees are are a favorite uh, if they can stick. Some of their guys can stay healthy. I mean, Aaron Judge and Mike Stanton, two of their big boppers in the lineup, have had some injury issues. So if they can stay healthy, you got the Astros. They've got to overcome the cheating scandal. Right. Uh, they got to just you know overcome that, but they're still solid. Tampa Bay Rays may be a surprise team. Um, they've got a lot of talent, a lot of talent that people don't know about, um, but it's emerging. So I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, race, and you may just have a surprise team that comes out of nowhere. Uh, you know, a, a young team like the Chicago White Sox in the American League, they're they're coming on. They're kind of like the Braves. They may, they may be like the Braves were a couple of years ago. Uh, they're they're coming on with some young talent, and you know if they get hot. Some guys get hot. They could they could pose a challenge uh, as well. So it's going to be fun to watch. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for baseball to come back. It'll be fun to watch. Um, but yeah, moving on to the NBA. So the NBA played uh two scrimmages earlier uh today or when we were recording this. Um, and then right now they're playing a third game. Um, the Nets or the Pelicans and the Nets. They're playing right now, uh, but I do want to talk about the first two games that happened. Um, they were scrimmages. They had no bearing on the season whatsoever. Um, they were really meaningless, but, you know, it's basketball. We've gone without basketball for months, so it's excited. I'm just excited to talk about basketball again. Um, and the first game was the Magic and the Clippers, um, and I was just in- interesting to see how guys looked because I knew guys were going to be rusty. They haven't played. Um, they haven't played five v, a 5v5 NBA game in months. So I knew they were going to be rusty. I was prepared for that. And, yeah, they were rusty. They were they were <laughs> really – it was it was pretty hard to watch at first. Guys were dribbling the ball off their feet. They couldn't handle the basketball. They were just losing the ball. They were driving into the paint, and then just they were really indecisive, just making bad passes. It was rough. Now, we got better throughout the game. Um and it, I mean, it, it it was it was good basketball, and it, it it ended up being good basketball. It was a good game. Both games I happened earlier today. They were both good and enjoyable. Um, and the Clippers Magic game was really fun. Now Lou Williams, he was amazing coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. He scored twenty one points on good efficiency. He was awesome. 
Um, and Paul George, he really played well. I mean, he's probably the Clippers' second best player. Mm-hmm. I was I was interested to see if maybe Kawhi or Paul George played well because they're one of they're both probably they're both t- top fifteen players in the league. And you, you just want to see them put on a show. Kawhi was quiet, um, but Paul George played really really well. And now he started going early, early on, but as the game went along, um, he showed some flashes of what he looks like on his best night. Um, he looked he looked really really good. Um, and the Clippers, they ended up beating the Magic, um, and watching that game, it's, you know, I've been watching a lot of prospects mm-hmm. in preparation for the NBA draft, um, and, like, that game, although it was a meaningless scrimmage, it was better basketball than anything I'd seen watching draft prospects. It just really shows you how good mm-hmm. NBA players are, sure. that even without playing <coughs> for months, they come back and play on, on national television in a meaningless scrimmage, and it's a better product than right. college basketball. Like it's just much more enjoyable to watch, um, and it, it was great to see. Now the Magic, um, you know, Michael Carter Williams, he played really, really well. Uh, surprisingly, uh, a lot of guys didn't play. Like Markel Fultz didn't play. Uh, Patrick Beverly didn't play. Now he actually left the bubble because a close friend, a close friend of his, um, was shot and killed. Um, so you know. That's a really tough situation. Hope he gets through that. Um, but a lot of guys weren't playing today. Like Jamal Murray from the Nuggets didn't play for fatigue from golfing. Don't know how legitimate <laughs> that excuse is. Right. But he didn't play. Uh, but the Magic, uh, they did well. Their roster is actually a little bit underrated. They got some nice guys like uh, Aaron Gordon's. Uh, he played well today. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, he had a good game. He's uh, one of the more underrated players in the league. Uh, you know, they have Markel Fultz, he didn't play today, uh, but they have Jonathan Isaac, who's uh, out for the season, uh, but he's talented. They, ha- they have they have a ton of good guys like Wesley uh, Iwundu, um, he's talented, um, and watching that game, I was just like, oh wow, this this Orlando Magic roster is really underrated, like, they got a lot of uh, pretty good players, Terrence Ross, now he... He had a nice game statistically. He shot a lot of crappy shots, mm-hmm. uh, but he was good. Uh, Michael Warner Williams, he was great. Muhammad Bamba played today. He he's gained like twenty five pounds okay. of muscle over this hiatus. Um, he is big now. Like he is bulky. Coming out of college, he was very skinny. He looks big. It'll be interesting to see what he can provide. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course you got Evan Fournier. They got a lot of ta- they got a lot of. They're not a great team. They're not. They're not like really, really good. Um, but they are. They they do have a lot of, um, a lot of. Ta- they got a lot of talented guys. Uh, they don't have a star. They just got a lot of talent, and it was fun to see that game. Now, what I am really excited to talk about is the Nuggets and the Wizards game because we saw the debut of the great Bull Bull. Yeah. He, uh, if you don't know who Bobo <laughs> is, that's Manute Bowl's son, who uh, was drafted, uh, drafted, you know, in the 2019 draft. Uh, he broke his foot at Oregon. Um, he was a very highly talented five-star prospect. Broke his foot. Didn't play at all this year. But with the NBA being postponed, um, he was able to get healthy, and now he's going to play. I assume that he's going to play in the playoffs. He's going to be on the roster. I-, I assume so, since he's in the bubble. Um, and we got to see him for the first time in action, and he played. He was really, really good. He had 16 points. Really? Pull it up. He had, uh, 
he had 16 points, um, 10 rebounds, one assist, six blocks. Wow. He was really, really good. Not, and the, the efficiency wasn't great, uh, but he just had some very nice moments. Like there was one at there was one play where he blocked a shot, grabbed the rebound. Nikola Jokic asked for the ball. He's like, "No, nah, forget you." He dribbled the ball up the court and hit a pull up three. Now keep in mind, this guy <laughs> is seven three. He is wow. seven three. With a wingspan that's probably around seven ten, because he's got incredibly long arms, he's a center. He grabbed the rebound, dribbled the ball up the court, and hit a pull up three. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly impressive. Um, he was great protecting the rim. That was very exciting. And what what makes it even funnier is that now uh, the NBA has scheduled a drug test for him tomorrow. So mm-hmm. he's got a drug test now tomorrow after right. what he did today. Um, but that's funny. Now has he has he put on any weight or is he still No, no he's still, very, still no he's still very skinny. I gotcha. He's I gotcha. not any bigger. But he's just so big. And right. He's not gonna I don't think he's gonna be like a swing like I don't think he's gonna swing the title. I don't think he's no. gonna like him playing isn't gonna make Denver like title favorites or, mm-hmm. or anything. But it is very interesting. And if he can play some valuable minutes for them in the playoffs I mean, that helps him out a lot mm-hmm. because he's so long. He can space the floor. He can protect the rim. That's why it, it, it's like it's so important for the Nuggets that he plays well. Or that's why it's so intriguing mm-hmm. because he can be a valuable piece in the playoffs. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you keep your eye on the Nuggets. I mean, oh, they, yeah. They're, the Nuggets, like, they're legit. The they're Nuggets legit. are like they go they go under the radar because they don't have a flashy player in the color. Right. But like, they have a, a, a very talented roster. Like, they yes. have. Nikola Jokic, in my opinion, is the best center in the game. They have Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like Michael Porter Jr. He doesn't play a ton, but he's got a bright future. Is he, is he healthy? He's now? healthy. Yeah, so his back's okay. Yeah, they just don't play him a lot. They have so much talent. They got Paul Millsap, Mason yeah. Plumley, Tory mm-hmm. Craig. Um, they have, you know, Ger- Jeremy Grant, Troy Daniels, who I didn't know was on their team. He actually had 22 points today. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Noah Fonley, Will Martin's great, <laughs> Grant, um, <clears throat> Gary Harris, Monte Morris. Monte Morris is one of the best backup point guards in the league. They have a very talented roster. Right. Now, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to be, a, I, they're not a title favorite just because the Lakers are so good and the Clippers are so good. They're probably the third best team in the Western Conference. Um, you could argue like that they are they are really really good. Right. Um. And man, like they have so much talent. And Nikola Jokic was great today. He's actually slimmed up. He yeah. lost like I oh, forgot yeah. how much weight he lost, but he's skinny now. That's gonna help. Like he's gonna he's not gonna be fatigued at the end of games. Um. And that'll help him out on defense. He's a lot more mobile now. Um, his lateral quickness is really, really good. He, he can just move around the court uh, really, really well. Um, and he didn't look like it, it didn't affect his game in a, in any kind of negative way. Right. I was, I was maybe I was like a little bit worried that maybe losing all that weight uh, would impact his low post scoring ability. It didn't. And um, uh, but he's still he's still a great player. Um, and with the addition of Bowl Bowl. It'll be really interesting to see what that does for the Nuggets' chances. Right. Now, did Bol Bol was he drafted by the Nuggets or no? He was drafted. So now he fell um, in the draft because right. of that broken because foot. Of the foot. He dra- He fell to the second round, which was insane. He should not have been a second round pick. He should have been a first rounder, but he fell to the forty fourth pick. 
the Miami Heat picked him. Okay. Which would have been a great spot for Bobo. That would have been a great spot. Mm -hmm. But they traded him for a second-round pick and, like, cash to the Nuggets. Right. And now he's on the Nuggets. And now, I mean, he looked great today. Now, Mm -hmm. I, I know it was against the Wizards. And the Wizards are not very good. But, you know... Like, they're still a, pro- a professional basketball team, and sure. he was still playing in an, in an NBA setting, mm-hmm. um, and he was awesome. Um, but yeah, he was really good. The Wizards, they their roster is terrible. Like the roster they have going into the bubble mm-hmm. is really really bad. Um, and you know they could honestly still make it into the playoffs because the Nets have nobody. Mm-hmm. The Nets have like Karis LeVert, and that's it. Like they like they have nobody going to the bubble. Mm-hmm. Everybody dropped out. Kevin Durant's not going because he's dealing with the Achilles injury. Kyrie Irving's injured too. They got a lot of guys that just opted out um, with the whole COVID nineteen situation. Um, and the Wizards, although they are horrible, they can still make it into mm-hmm. the playoffs, which is crazy. But they don't have Bradley Beal. Um, but yeah, they have a terrible roster. Like, they, like the guys they had on the court today were not very good. Um, but man, like the Nuggets. They're a good team, and if Mo Mo can provide valuable minutes, mm-hmm. um, I think he can have an impact, a, a, a decent impact in the playoffs. It'll be exciting to see if in that in that setting, if he'll be able to play at a high level coming off the bench. And you know, actually, the starting lineup from the Nuggets today was insane. They had Nikola Jokic running the point. They had Jeremy Grant at, at the shooting guard. They had Mo Mo at small forward. Paul Millsap at, at power forward and Mason Plumlee at center. Wow. So their shortest player was 6'7". Yes, that's a big lineup. Uh, that's a huge lineup. And they had four big men starting. And mm-hmm. the Wizards, like, they were down, like, they were down double digits early on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on. Like, they're running four bigs in their starting lineup. And you mm-hmm. can't be competitive. <laughs> wow. But, yeah. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. The... The debut of Bol Bol was very successful. Well, good, good, good for good for Bol Bol. Good for Bol Bol, and social media was going nuts. Like, <laughs> it, like it was crazy. Like whenever he would make a play, like social media was like Twitter was just going nuts. Um, and now Bol Bol is a meme. But yeah, so we we had basketball today, and it was fun. Now, very good. I thought it, I thought it would be a little bit weird with no fans, but the way they did the audio for both games, the way it's, the whole thing is set up. It, it's not a distraction. Mm-hmm. Like, the games are watchable. It doesn't get boring. The announcers for both games were not very good. Um, the, announcer for, the announcer for the Clippers was, like, it sounded like he was doing an auction. Mm-hmm. Like, he was talking so fast. He was talking a million miles per a minute. <laughs> it, I mean, it was terrible. And then the Washington uh, announcers, they, were, they weren't that good at all. And, like, networks. Y'all are, like, these multi-million dollar networks, y'all need to get these people some nice cameras and nice microphones that are doing these games. These people are, are like, the cameras they're using are, like, potatoes. Mm-hmm. It's horrible quality. The mics are awful. It's terrible quality. Just, like, come on. Like, do better. Like, can we not get these people yeah, I think, good quality cameras? Yeah, I think what the, the issue is, and it's probably with all sports, I know it's the case with baseball, is they're limiting... Uh, the production staff for telecast. So they're you know, obviously, you know, during normal times, you're going to have cameras everywhere, people operating cameras, production staff everywhere. Uh, they're they're going to limit that. Um, for example, 
the Braves are starting out um, Friday against the Mets in New York. Well, the Braves announcers aren't even traveling. Right. Uh, they're going to be calling the game from Tourist Park in, in Atlanta, um, even though the game's in New York. So they're, they're just limiting the number of people uh, in the arena, including people that are covering the, the TV coverage. So right. it's, you're, you're going to see a watered-down water version of that as well. Yeah. Well, I just like – I mean – the cameras are not that expensive. Like, this camera that we're using <laughs> is better quality than right. the cameras that these announcers have. They're in their own homes. Like, like this camera is like... Yeah. I don't even know if this camera's over $100. Like, it's not that expensive. Like, come right. on. Like, we, we can give these people some decent equipment. <laughs> like, it, it can't be that difficult. Come on. Because uh, so. I'm like, dude, like... These these cameras that these announcers are using are like 480p. We can at least get 720p. Come on, like, <laughs> I'm come sure on. I'm sure it'll improve as the stakes get higher. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it was fun. The games were good. It was good basketball, and the NBA is back. I'm super excited. Sports are back, and I can't wait. I'm I'm just so excited. So. Now, moving on to my top ten shooting guards for the 2020 NBA draft. I did this for the point guards. Uh, like um. A uh, few like a month, maybe over a month ago. Mm-hmm. Now I'm doing the shooting guards. Um, so let's hop into it now. For the point guards, I didn't watch every single point guard. I watched like 15 point guards for this shooting guards list. I've watched every single shooting guard. Then there there might be some guys I haven't watched, but those guys are probably not like gonna get drafted. They're probably not in the conversation for getting drafted. These guys were ranked as shooting guards on ESPN's website, except for a few. Um, but, um, and maybe I, I may have added some, but this is, I, I watched 20, 26 shooting guards. These are my top 10 out of those guys. Starting, I don't know if you have a list, if you looked at any. I have not. Rankings. I have, I hadn't, didn't have a chance to, uh, to go over that list, so I'll but, follow. Okay. At number 10, now this guy's ranked as a point guard by ESPN. He's a shooting guard. Um, from Creighton is Tyshawn Alexander. Tyshawn Alexander, uh, I had him on my point guards list last time, but I switched him over to shooting guard because, A, he would rank higher, and that's the position he's going to play in the NBA. He's a 3 and D guy. He's a really, really good uh, three-point shooter off the catch. He can play defense. He can handle the basketball a little bit, run, pick, and roll. Um, Can create his own shot a little bit. Uh, But I think the main thing he's going to do in the NBA is, is shoot threes off the catch and play defense. I am a little bit worried because his statistical profile defensively, not that impressive. Like, he, he's never never had a steal percentage of 2.5%, um, which is a, a, a good indicator uh, for guards of whether or not you're going to be a good defender at the next level. And his defensive rating has hovered around 100 um, throughout his career at Creighton. He's also 22 years of old, which is a little bit of an issue, and he's not a, a great athlete. But guys who can shoot threes, guys who can defend, um, are very valuable. He's going to be an off-ball, an off-ball shooter. Um, he's going to come off the bench. He's not going to be a starter. But I think he's going to be able to find, find a home on an NBA roster because he can shoot the three at such a high level off the catch. Um, and he can provide a little bit of playmaking, a little bit of you know, uh, self-creation and the defense. That's so valuable. That's why he's in my top ten. Now, I don't think he's going to be able to... I don't think he's going to be given the opportunity 
to, you know, handle the basketball and create for others like he was in college. But that off-the-catch three-point shooting um, is very valuable. And and his ability to do that and defend, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get him drafted. Okay. That's why I like him. Um, at number nine, I have Skylar Mays from LSU. I love Skylar Mays. He's so much fun to watch. He's not the greatest athlete in the world. Like, he's really not that athletic at all. Um, like, you might have a better vertical, better vertical <laughs> jump than this guy. Because Mays is just not that explosive whatsoever. But he's so skilled. He's such a good shooter. He can shoot off the catch, off the dribble. He can handle the basketball. He's not going to handle the basketball at the next level. Um, he's going to be an off-ball shooter. He's probably going to come off the bench. But his ability to score, get to the rim, shoot off the dribble, and just score in a variety of ways, it, it's incredible watching him play. And, and it's just incredible because he's not a great athlete. Um, but, I mean, he's just such a good shooter. And he's going to be a good off-ball defender at the next level. Um, he's a smart team defender. He's not going to be a great on-ball defender because he's not a great athlete. And that will impact his, uh, his uh, finishing ability or his ability to finish around the rim. Uh, but he is very smart. He's got a high basketball IQ. He can create for others. He does a great job of driving into the paint and just dumping the ball down to open bigs for easy shots or out to open shooters. I like Skyrimates a lot. Um, and I think he's going to be a, a solid role player for a team at the next level. I like Skylar Mays. He's also 22 years of, years of age, which is uh, a negative as well. <laughs> he's not going to be a star. He's a role player like Tyson Alexander. Um, but I just I think he's a better shooter than Tyson Alexander. Um, and, and I like his ability to score in a variety of ways. I think he's going to be a better shooter off the dribble. That's why I have Mays here at, at 9. I like Mays a lot. Now, at number eight, this might be a surprise, uh, but it's Mason Jones from Arkansas. Mason Jones is an absolute stud. Now, he's not, gonna, he's not a star. Uh, I'll tell you when I get to, like, the stars. Uh, but he's, he's going to be a role player. He's going to be a high-usage six-man, but he is an elite scorer. He's one of the best scorers in the class. Like, he's up there around, like, Grant Rill or Anthony Edwards, those kinds, those kind of guys. He is an elite scorer. And the thing is, he's not a very good athlete whatsoever, but he's got a good handle, um, and he's so technically sound. Like, his footwork going to the basket is incredible. Um, he, he is like a Harden and Luka-esque, he's got that, he's got a Harden and Luka-esque craft as a scorer. Um, he's got a beautiful step-back jumper, um, great at using sidesteps and, and step backs to create create space offensively. Um, and even though he's not a very good athlete, he, he's really, really good at getting to the basket. He generates free throws at an incredible rate. It's around like sixty percent, which is insane. Like that that is an unreal free throw rate. Um he he gets to the line, he generates free throws, um he's able to generate rim pressure even without being a great a great athlete because um, he's got great footwork when attacking the basket. Now he's not going to be a very good defender, and he's not a great playmaker, which affect which limits his upside. But I think uh, th- there's a path to him becoming a starter in the NBA. But I think his most likely role is as a high usage sixth man. I think that's where what he's going to end up being in the NBA. He's going to be like a Lou Williams type. He's going to have a high usage. He's going to carry the scoring load coming off the bench. And I think he can excel in that role. He's a good shooter, a very good shot maker. I um, mean, he gets to the line. 
Um, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be good in the NBA. I like Mason Jones a lot. He, he's the second best Arkansas prospect in this draft. Now at number seven, we have Josh Green from Arizona. He's a true freshman. Um, had a good year. Uh, he is a great defender. He's a, he's a three and D wing prospect. Um, he is an elite defender. He's one of the better defenders in the class. He's very strong, very athletic, moves his feet well. Um, he's long, um, and he's got the potential to be a, a solid three-point shooter at the next level. He's got some mechanical issues, uh, mainly lower body. He's got to fix those to become consistent from three-point range in the NBA. Um, but what he can provide as a 3-and-D wing, very valuable. Um, I think I buy his shot translating, and I buy his shot improving. And because of that, that's why I have him at number seven. Um, he's not great at creating his own shot. He's not a great finisher. Um, can't really finish with his left hand. Um, and he didn't really finish that well around the basket this season at Arizona. Uh, but he's such a good athlete. He turns defense into offense. Um, and he's a great defender, and I think the shot's going to translate, and I think that's valuable. Um, I like Green a lot. Um, I, I'm probably going to have him lower than a lot of people on my big board, uh, but he's a good player, and, and just that high-level defense is why I like him so much. Because uh, even the, even if you're not a great shooter or a great scorer or a great finisher around the, around the basket, uh, if you're not great offensively, you can be... There's a place for you in the NBA if you're a great defender, and Josh Green is that. And that, along with his potential as a shooter, um, there's a lot to like there. That's why I have Josh Green here. Um, I like Green a lot. I might be a little bit lower than him, than a lot of people, uh, but that's just because, you know, he's not a great shooter. Um, and I'm worried that the mechanical issues are going are gonna to limit him as a shooter, and if that's the case, uh, then he might not be worth a first-round pick. But if a team gets, if a team with a, a good shooting staff can can fix his mechanical issues, he's going to be a good player, um, and can possibly be a starter, like a low level starter in the NBA, possibly. Uh, but yeah, Josh Green has him at number seven. I like him. Number six. This is, uh, he's really really underrated. I'm actually not as high on him as a lot of people are because there's some issues that I think are going to hold him back. But I see the upside, and it's Leandro Bolmero from Argentina. This dude is a big, big shooting guard. He's 6'7", um, really, really good defensively. He creates wrecks havoc in passing lanes, gets steals, uh, moves well, and he's a very good creator for others. He's a great ball handler, very creative with the ball in his hands. Um, and he can get to the rim. Not a great athlete, um, but just... He's so creative as a ball handler, and, and his defense is so good. Um, and, and the main issue with him is his shot. He's not a very good shooter at all, and there's some mechanical issues. Uh, but, man, if he can become a consistent shooter in the NBA, he's probably going to be a top-five shooting guard in this class. Bo, like, Bomero has a lot of potential, but the lack of athleticism. Like, he is not a very good vertical athlete. Um, I think that's going to limit his impact as a um, as a finisher around the rim. Um, and he's not a very good shooter. And he's going to be an off-ball shooter at the next level. So if he can't shoot, um, you know, guy, defenders are going to sag off him. He's not going to be able to attack the basket. He's not going to be able to weaponize his playmaking. So if he's not a very good shooter, there's a possibility that he's not going to be very good. 
but there's a lot of upside with him. I'm, um, I would be willing to take that risk with him, even though I think he's probably not going to become a good shooter. I'm, I would be willing to take that risk. Um, I think he, he's just so mesmerizing as a ball handler. He's so creative with the ball in his hands. He can create for himself and for others. That's valuable. That's why I have him at number six. What age is he? Uh, here, let me look that up. Uh, I don't know off in, the top in, of my head. In, I think in what kind of league was he? Um, was he he was in... I can actually go to Real GM, and I will tell you where he played. So he was in, he's 19 years old, mm-hmm. um, okay. and this season he played in the LEB Silver League, he played in the ACB League, and he played in a Euro League. Mm-hmm. Now, the Euro League is the second best league in, in the world. Correct. That's where Luca played. That's where he shined. Yes. Um, that's the league that Balmero played in. Okay. Um, so he played a, uh, against good competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Balmero. The, the shot... It needs to translate for him to be successful, and I'm just worried that it's not. That's why I have him at six. I see the argument for him being like four, um, maybe even higher. I just I can't get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I do like Bomero. I just can't get there to where I'm like he's gonna be super successful. I just don't see that. He's got a lot of re- there's a lot of issues with this game. Uh, but I like Bomero. I think I think he there, there's a lot of upside with him at number five. Uh, I'm higher on this guy than a lot than everybody, uh, and it's Isaiah Joe from Arkansas. No one's talking about this guy, but you should. Uh, a lot. Of, I think a lot of people believe that Mason Jones is the better Arkansas prospect. I disagree. I think it's Isaiah Joe, and Joe is an elite three-point shooter. He's got a, a quick, compact release. His shooting mechanics are beautiful. He can shoot off the catch. He's a lethal off the catch shooter, but he can also shoot off the dribble. He's got a nice little pullback crossover that he uses to create space offensively. He can also uh, dribble into the paint and shoot off the dribble from mid-range. Um, but what I like about him is that he's also a, a really good team defender. Um, and that's something that Mason Jones isn't. And his three-point shooting combined with his defense uh, makes him very valuable. And I think he's also a, a, a very smart player. He uses his gravity to create plays for others um, and uses it and just, you know, weaponizes his gravity uh, as a playmaker. He gets his teammates involved. He's a good defender. He gets steals. He's a good team defender. He's got the length to be a good on-ball defender. Now, he is very small. Like, he's 6'5", but he's very slender. He's got a, sl- a very thin frame. Mm-hmm. That's got to improve because if that doesn't improve, he's going to get bullied. Guys are going to just run through him. Teams are going to post him up or just play him in pick and rolls and just play him off the floor. Uh, but he was able to get a little bit bigger at Arkansas, so I think he's going to do that at the NBA at the NBA level once he reaches that league, uh, if he gets drafted. Um, but his three-point shooting, his ability to shoot off the off the catch and off the dribble, um, his defense, his his gravity as a shooter, I, it, it, he's, a, he's a top five shooting guard in my opinion. I think he should be drafted in the first round. I really like Isaiah Joe. Um, he, he's a really, really good 3 and D uh, wing prospect. I think he's a stud. Uh, I like him a lot. He's not a star. He's a role player. But in the late in the late first round, there's a spot for him, like on the Lakers, on the Mavericks, around that range. Uh, on a contender, he's going to provide a lot of value with his uh, his shooting versatility and his defense. I like Joe a lot. I think he's a stud. Well, now, so 
with Arkansas. So the Jones and uh, and Joe were the backcourt, correct? So yes. out of the two, who 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 was the playmaker? Uh, Mason Jones. Okay. Was the playmaker? He so pl- he's, he played, he's a hybrid. He could be he he could play point or be off guard. I mean, he can. He won't. Like, he'll okay. be a shooting guard in the next level. Okay. Mason Jones will so be. So you had basically two kind of two, you had two guards. You had two shooting guards. Somebody had to play point guard. Exactly. Isaiah Joe that isn't a good plan. enough ball handler, so Jones played that role. Okay. Um, I mean, Jones could possibly play point guard off the bench. I, the be- the best role for Jones would be as a shooting guard, mm-hmm. as a high volume scorer coming off the bench. Okay. That would be his best role. Um, and although Jones is a great shot creator, he can generate rim pressure, um, and he's he's a, a much better scorer than Joe. He's he's not a he's not a very good defender, and he's not a very good playmaker. Um, and I think guys who can shoot the ball and defend are more valuable than shot creators. Even and I value shot creation like a lot. But if you can't defend or make or make plays for other people, um, that that's not very valuable. But if you can shoot the ball, um, if you can shoot shoot the ball from three, and defend and make plays for other people, that's just a lot more valuable than a guy who can create mm-hmm. their own shot. Um, that's my philosophy. That's why I have Isaiah Joe at, at five and Mason Jones at eight. Uh, but yeah, moving on. Number four, Desmond Bain from TCU. ESPN has him ranked in the 40s. I've seen big boards that have Desmond Bain ranked in like the 50s and 60s. That's that's just I think that's insane. Um, I think he's a, a first round talent easily. Like he he is a really really good player. Desmond Bain um, can shoot off the catch, off the dribble. Um, he's a good pick and roll ball handler. He's an excellent playmaker. He's so smart. He's big. Um, he's got the length to be a solid defender at the next level. He's not a great athlete. He's not gonna be. He's not gonna attack the rim, um, and he's not gonna be a, a you know a very good uh, on ball defender. But his ability to shoot off the catch, off the dribble from range, um, and his playmaking, his ability to handle the ball. And you know, run, pick, and rolls. That's very, very valuable. Um, he's one of the better shooters in the class. There's not a lot of guys like him. You don't see a lot of guys, a lot of off-ball shooters who can also run the pick and roll at a high level and can make plays for other people and who uses their gravity to create opportunities for teammates like Desmond Bain does. That's rare. That's why I like Desmond Bain so much. He's a first-round talent to me. He's the fourth-best shooting guard in the class. I love Bain. I think I think he's a really, really good player. And I'd love to see him end up on a team like the Mavericks or the Lakers. Uh, go to a contender where he doesn't have to have a high usage role, but he's gonna, you know, be be a lower usage starter, uh, or come off the bench. I think he's probably gonna be a starter in the NBA. Um, he's gonna shoot threes, make plays for other people, be a very a very good off ball off ball shooter. Uh, I like Desmond Bain. Number three. Now these are my ne- my top three guys are guys I think are gonna be starters in the NBA. Um. There's only one guy I think is going to be a star, but the, 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 my next, my two and my three, I think they can be high-level starters. Number three, I have Tyrese Maxey from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, had a good season at Kentucky this year as a freshman. Came in, started off coming off the bench, then he became a starter. Um, he's a combo guard. He can play point guard. He can play shooting guard. I actually think he can play both. A lot of people want him to, to you know, 
become a point guard uh, as he enters the NBA. I think he can play either position. Um, he's a good shot creator. He's got great footwork. He can attack the basket. He's also a good playmaker. I think his playmaking is underrated. Uh, he's, he's a technically sound defender. Um, he, he's not very big, and, and he, he isn't a great athlete, so he's not going to be an elite defender in the NBA. Uh, but his, his mechanic, just his technique as a defender is really, really good. It's textbook, uh, and that's why he was such a good defender in the SEC this year. Um, the shooting percentages, or, or his three-point shooting was not great this year at Kentucky. It was pretty poor, and he has a low release, but I, I think with his high school shooting numbers and his three-throw percentage in college, I think the shooting is going to translate to the NBA. I think he's going to be a good off-ball shooter. Um, like if he plays in that role, I think he's going to be fine shooting off the catch in the NBA. I think you can put the ball in his hands, let him run the pick and roll. He can create shots off the dribble. He, he's smart off the ball, knows where to be on the court. Um, he's just a really, really good player on both ends of the court. He's clutch. Um, I think if the shooting translates, he's going to be a, a, good, a really good player. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he develops at the next level because there are there are some concerns. He's small. He's not very big. So if he plays against shoot, uh, shooting guards, he's going to probably be a one-position defender. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not a great athlete. But he's just he's got great footwork when attacking the basket, like I said earlier. He's a good playmaker, um, a good defender. And, I, and I'm buying the shooting. Uh, improving at the next level. That's why I have him at number three. I know there's some mixed feelings about Tyrese Maxey uh, in the scouting community. I know a lot of people are really high on him. Some people are very low on him. I'm kind of in the middle. I'm not super high on Maxey. Uh, I don't. I know some people have him like top four mm-hmm. in the in the whole draft. I'm not there, uh, but I like Maxey a lot. I think he's really really good, um, and I think I think he can be a high. I think he can be a, a good starter in the NBA. Number two, this is a guy that I think he's kind of entering. Like he's getting a lot of attention by the mainstream media now. Um, but I think we could still see him slip on draft night and go later than he should. And that's Devin Vassell from Florida State. Uh, Devin Vassell, God, he is so good. Um, he's not a star. He's not, he's not going to be a star in the NBA. But he's going to be a great low-usage starter. Kind of, like, He's kind of like Chris Middleton. Uh, he's a great spot-up three-point shooter. Great shooting the ball off the catch. He can shoot off the dribble a little bit. Uh, he's he's more of a one-dribble pull-up kind of guy. He's not gonna. He's not like Anthony Edwards. He can't just hit you with with like nasty combos into a tough contested shot. But he can hit dribble pull-ups at a high level. Um, and but the the big thing with him. Um, and why why I like him so much is his defense. He's the best team defender in the draft. He gets steals. He's long. He's he's huge. He's 6'7 with long arms. Um, and he's a great defender. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be a, an elite defender in the NBA. I think he does have a thin frame. Um, so he needs to bulk up. But if he does that, if he gets bigger, gets stronger, he's gonna be a great defender in the NBA. Um, and he's gonna play. He's gonna play the role that I think. Hawks fans wanted DeAndre Hunter to play this season. Mm-hmm. I think Hunter was disappointing uh, defensively this year, but I think he's he's going to be a better defender than Hunter is, and I think he's going to be that kind of he's going to be a, a, a spot up shooter on offense um, who can kind of create his own shot a little bit. Um, 
but he's going to be such a good defender. He makes great rotations, makes plays on the ball, um, and he just does not allow guys to score off the ball. Um, he he is elite in that kind of, in that part uh, of the game. I love Den- Devin Vassell. I think it's a top ten. He should be picked in the top in the top ten of this year's draft. Vassell is really really good. Now he's not going to be a star, like I said, uh, but this is going to be a, a very very good low usage starter. And I think he's super valuable. I love Vassell. I think he he's really really good. Now at number one, of course, it's Anthony Edwards uh, from Georgia. Had a rough freshman year. Uh, based on student percentages, he he was very inefficient, but you know he had 19 points per game. Um, he he had a good year. It wasn't like he was disappointing. He just there were some rough times. Like it was a roller coaster of a year for him. There were he had his highs, he had his lows. Uh, but the sky's the limit with him. Now he is very young. Like he's 19 years old, but he's also he inexperienced as a basketball player. He only started playing basketball full time like, f- like five years ago, because mm-hmm. um, he grew up playing football. Um, and he was a a very good football player when he was young, but he fell in love fell in love with basketball. Uh, started playing basketball full time in high school, I believe. Um, and so he's only like just recently become a full-time basketball player. Mm-hmm. So he, he doesn't have a lot of experience. He's still very raw as a basketball player. Um, and that's why, that's why I'm so intrigued with him because he's, he's a great shot maker, mm-hmm. great shot creator. He makes difficult shots off the dribble. Um, and he's also, he's huge. He's six, five, he's big, bulky, um, very athletic. He can jump out of the gym very fast. He's got the potential to be a good defender. Um, I think his passing is underrated. Oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, he's just an elite scorer, um, and he's he's got the potential is so high with him because when you look at the NBA now, the best players in the world like Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Giannis, Kevin Durant, um, those guys are wing players who can create their own shot mm-hmm. and create for others. Right. Um, like like Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant, those are two of the best scorers in the world. They can create their own shot at a high level. That's why they are, like the five, like two of the five best players in the NBA and it, on this planet, because they can create their own shot at such a high level. Anthony Edwards has that kind of potential as a shot creator. That's why I like him, even though there are some legitimate issues with this game. Um, that shot making ability is rare. Not a lot of guys have that. Mm-hmm. He does, and he combines that with elite physical tools. So we got. He, and he generates rim pressure so well. He gets to the basket. When he, when he puts his head down and attacks the basket, he's unstoppable. No one can stay in front of him. No one can stop him from getting to the rim. Um, and he's got the size and the athleticism to be a good defender. Um, now, he's got some issues on that end. But just the potential with him is why I like him so much. It's, it's why I'm very high on Anthony Edwards. I like him a lot. He's got the potential to be a star in the NBA. I can see him being like a 25-plus point per ga- points per sure. game scorer in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got that kind of potential as a scorer. Now, we have to get into the issues because there are some major issues. Uh, my main issue with Anthony Edwards is he just does not give a crap on the on defense, at least. Um, he, he is... Like, he is 6'5", 225. He's built like a linebacker. He's got elite speed. He's got great length. He should be an elite defender, and he's not. He sucks on defense. He he He's one of the worst defenders in the class. 
and he shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. He's got the physical tools to be great. He just does not care, and he is pretty dumb. Um, he, he just does not have a great feel for the game. Doesn't have a high basketball IQ. He just he gets lost on on defense when he's not playing on the ball. Um, he just he's in la la land. Gives up easy shots that he just should not be giving up. And uh, when he's playing on the ball, there's too many times where guys take him off the dribble and get to the basket with ease. That should not happen. Like that should not happen whatsoever at the college level. He is too good to let that happen. Uh, now, I mean, he is young. He is inexperienced, so I think that can improve. Mm-hmm. But the lack of feel for the game, the lack of basketball IQ, um, it's concerning. And, and I don't know if his defense is ever going to improve. And then we can look at the shot selection. There's too many times where he settles for contested, contested three-point shots or contested mid-range shots when teammates are wide open. Mm-hmm. He gets tunnel vision way too often. That's an issue. And... Those can be cleaned up in the right system. Um, I don't th- early on. I think he needs to take on a low usage role in the NBA. Kind of just learn the game, mm-hmm. uh, play behind maybe a star cradle. Like Golden State would be a great fit for Anthony Edwards. He could learn sit behind behind Clay and stuff, learn from them, play in a low usage role. Not ha- not like he's not going to be asked to put up twenty shots per game. He's going to be asked to put up like around. Ten, maybe under 10 shots per game, play good defense, um, and just get his when his number is called. That's the role he needs to play early on in his career. Then, as he develops, he can take on a much bigger role offensively. But right now, he's just not ready. And he's gonna, he's gonna, it's gonna, you gotta be patient with Anthony Edwards. You can't just throw him into the fire early on. If you do that, he's gonna fail and he's gonna be a bust. But if you're patient with him, you let him develop. You work with him. Um, he could be an elite player, and he could he could be the best player in the class. Because there's no one in this class that has more potential and more upside mm-hmm. than Anthony Edwards. Right. Um. He's got the most. He's got. He's the most talented player in this class. But the basketball, the lack of basketball IQ, the issues defensively, the shot selection, it's all very concerning. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with his role. At Georgia, he had to play point guard a lot because his team was not very good. Yeah, yeah he didn't. He didn't have a whole lot of help. In he played in a bad situation in college. He was handling the ball way too often. wasn't playing off the ball enough. He was asked to do too much on a young Georgia team um, that had very little talent, and I think that hurt Anthony Edwards' development this year. Um, he was not in the greatest spot, but still, like he, a lot of his issues were him. Mm-hmm. And not just the situation around him. Right. Well, like, and, you, and when you're a, a star player on a young team like that, uh, you're you're probably not going to be as held as accountable um, for your right. all around game, but uh, as 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 you probably should. If you know, say if he went to a program, um, say like North Carolina or Duke, where he might not have been the the highlighted player, um, you know. He might have developed his game a little bit better. I, you know, it just right. this 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 well, season went by so quickly for him. Um, you know, it's just you know he he's got a, a ton of upside. He's got a lot of a uh, um, a lot of ability as far as he's physically gifted. He's very athletic. Um, you know, I think a lot of that stuff can be cleaned up at the next level. He's just 
defense is a mindset. You've got to develop a mindset for yeah, that. Yeah, like, and that's his issue. He just does not give a crap. I'm like, dude, like, yeah, he will. On. You're six five. You're two twenty five. Yeah. you're an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. Why are Why are guys in the SEC mm-hmm. taking you off the dribble? They mm-hmm. should not. You're You're this behemoth yep. of a man. Yeah, like just, you should not be driven. Like guys are driving past him with E. I'm mm-hmm. like Anthony, please, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, please. Just was Put not a good situation effort, for please. him. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope he goes to what like if he if he goes to the Pistons, <clears throat> he's gonna suck. Yeah. Like, like if he goes to a situation like that where he's like like I said earlier, mm-hmm. where he's got a high usage, taking a lot of shots, mm-hmm. like he's not he's not gonna play defense right. if he's in that kind of role. He's not gonna be very good in my opinion, and I can see him flame out in that situation. Mm-hmm. But like I'm like like I just watching him this season. I did a video about him early uh, a few like like a, a month or two ago. There's plays watching him on film where it's like he'll he'll just hit a guy with a step back or with a crossover and just hit a pull up three and I'm like like oh like this is so impressive yeah. like, this is why it's I want, there he's this got is why, it this is why I want to put Anthony Edwards at number one on my mm-hmm. board and then I'll see the 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 flashes of his court vision and his passing ability and I'm like yes I love this but then I'm watching him play defense and I'm like yeah I'm like wanting to just stab my, myself in the eye. It's just like, mm-hmm. Anthony, like, you should not be this bad. It's not like he's not a great athlete. It's not like he has terrible hips or, like, just, it's not like he's just slow laterally. No. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't care. Right. He doesn't care enough. And and then the shot selection. It's just like, dude, come on. Like, th- this is, I'm not asking you to make complex reads mm-hmm. and handle the ball. I'm just asking you when your teammate's wide open to hit him. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. All I'm asking of, of Anthony Edwards is to, you know, read the floor, hit open, hit his teammates when he's open, and care mm-hmm. on defense. That's literally all I'm asking. If he just does that, I, like, here, you're my number one player in the class. Right. You're number one on my board. But because he does all that things, it's hard for me to put him at number one because he's got so many issues that I could – there's a realistic chance that he just does not pan out in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're you're making you're taking a huge risk picking him. Like the he's gotten the most upside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I, he he's the top three player in the class in my opinion. Right. But I, there's just so many avenues for him not to work out. Mm-hmm. It it it's scary and it's a risk taking him. But well, I you know what tell what what tells me with all this is. <laughs> This isn't the strongest draft class. Yeah, it's not. If 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 Anthony Edwards, in, oh. in a lot of opinions, is going to be the number one pick, and if he's got these issues, that doesn't say a whole lot about this draft class. Now, I will say, like I said earlier, he's young, he's inexperienced, mm-hmm. but I'm just like that. Uh, yep. I'm not. I can't. He's not so talented to where I'm like, mm-hmm. you got to – because the defensive issues just he he is so bad defensively. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's just giving up right. an easy basket here or there. No, it's constantly mm-hmm. like he is just terrible on defending on the ball and off the ball. He is just at this point as as at this point in his development, he is a horrible mm-hmm. defender. I was, you know, this season at Georgia uh, with him with. I guess him being head and shoulders above everybody else in talent, I guess defense is probably the last priority. Yeah. Now, uh, the <laughs> shot selection, I can see that improving. Like, he had to take all the shots at Georgia. I, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I get that. Nobody else could hit him. The shot selection, I can live with that in the situation he was put in. Mm-hmm. The, the defense, 
I cannot because mm-hmm. it's not yeah. an issue of, of he can't do it, that he's not physically able to mm-hmm. defend at a high level. No, he just cho- chose not to, mm-hmm. and that's my issue. Right. Like he, he is too physically gifted not to be an elite defender. And I, I love Anthony Edwards. Like he, 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 like I mean, I watched him do. I watched his interview with Mike Smith from ESPN, and he understands the issues he has. Like mm-hmm. he, he talked about it in the video that he's working on cleaning stuff up. Um, I think he understands the issues of his game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, he's like he understands that there are issues with his game, and it seems like he he wants to work on those. And I mean, I read about what about his work ethic in high school. His mm-hmm. trainer, when he started working with him. He thought that Anthony Edwards was lazy, but he started working with him, and it turns out Anthony Edwards is a super hard worker. And so I think the growth that Anthony Edwards had in high school um, is very promising. So, mm-hmm. like, he, he could, like, improve in all these different areas, and if he does, he's going to be an amazing player. Mm-hmm. There's just – I just don't know if it's likely. Well, you know uh- – you know, I'm 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 a big University of Georgia fan all the way around. Um, you know, and as 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 excited as I was to see them finally get a you know a, a top level player uh, on their basketball program like Anthony Edwards. Looking back on it, he he probably would have been uh, better off going to a different program. Well, I know he he had an offer from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That's the only other team I know that he was considering. Yeah, and I mean on that team he would have been with Ashton Higgins. Tyrese Maxey, Emmanuel Quickly, uh, Khalil Whitney, mm-hmm. Nick Richards. A lot more talent. I'm probably I'm, I'm probably forgetting guys. Yeah. yeah. Those are the only guys I can think off the top of my head. I he could have played. Mm-hmm. And trust me, Calipari would have held him accountable. Yeah, like he could have played with Hagen. And Hagen, I, I don't love, I don't like Hagen as an NBA draft prospect. But mm-hmm. as a college point guard, he he was a good college point guard. Mm-hmm. He can he can handle the basketball. Right now, I I think he would have been in a great situation at Kentucky, or uh, maybe not great, but a lot better than than he mm-hmm. was at Georgia. Right, because he would have been able to play off the ball. Mm-hmm. He would have been playing with great defenders around him. He mm-hmm. would have been playing with Tyrese Maxey, who can kind of take the lo- take take some of the scoring load off of Edwards. Mm-hmm. And so I I know Anthony Edwards wanted to stay home. Wanted to stay close to family because he lives or lived in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but like I'm just thinking, like, what if he went to Kentucky? Yeah, yeah. it might be like the consensus number one overall pick. Sure, yeah, I, I would, I would say so. I would say so. Because like, man, I mean, I just would have loved to have seen that because mm-hmm. it, it's just a much better fit, mm-hmm. right? Because it doesn't have to carry the scoring load. He's not going to be asked to take terrible mm-hmm. shots. He's not going to. Maybe he. Since he doesn't, since he's not carrying that much of a scoring load, mm-hmm. maybe he'll try harder on defense. Maybe he puts forth more effort on the defensive end of the court. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot to like about Edwards, but there's a lot of serious issues. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this class is weak. Like <laughs> next year, like if Edwards was in next year's class, which he was supposed to be, because mm-hmm. he reclassified. Right. If if he was in next year's class. Probably not a top five prospect. Yeah, there, there you now, go. Now I haven't watched anybody, but I've been listening to podcasts, and it—I mean, it sounds like next year's class is like one of the best classes we've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It goes, in, it just goes in cycles. So, but there yeah, you go. Mm-hmm. but yeah. So, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I'm glad to talk about sports again. Sports are back, baby. Yes, sports is back. It's back. Go, go, Woo! go, Braves. Chop on. Yep. 
NBA's back. <laughs> I just hope that, like, after the scrimmages today, I hope that no one, like, gets COVID and they, and they have to shut everything down. Yeah, that's that's the big concern. Um, but, it, I mean, the bubble's very promising. I think the bubble's working out very well yeah. because they – like zero players tested positive Correct. like earlier this week. Yeah, I which think which is a great sign. Except for a couple of teams uh, in Major League Soccer, uh, most of their tests are coming in uh, negative. Um, I think a, a couple of teams had to kind of bow out of that tournament because they had was an outbreak. But I think that they just kind of contaminated each other in the locker room. But. Um, you know, baseball, Major League Baseball, it, in terms of the virus, uh, it's it's a concern. You could have uh, somebody have the virus, be asymptomatic in the locker room, it could spread. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you might have, you know, eight or nine guys on the team yeah. that get a positive test and they're out for two to three weeks and your your team's in trouble. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be very important to, to – keep those positive tests out of the locker room right it's gonna it could make the difference between a team having a chance for a championship or bowing out early yeah so it'll be interesting to see yep but yeah that's it for us today hope y'all enjoyed it and we will see y'all next time bye everybody